Longhorn Nation. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Texas is back, folks. Oh, yes. Oh, Christ. We're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast, your overreactionary Texas Longhorns football fan podcast. Today we're talking all about the season opening win over the Louisiana Raging Cajuns last weekend and looking ahead to our next game this Saturday in Fayette-Nam against the Arkansas Razorbacks. But first things first, he's Tux. Hello. I'm Josh. We're your hosts today, and let's turn it right on over to the hot take line to hear one listener's thoughts about the game against Louisiana. Hey there, my name's Parker, coming out of Austin, Texas. Um, I was pretty happy with today's performance. I'm super excited to have football back, but, you know, I thought the same thing at the beginning of the Herman era with Bichelle and Ellinger, and I don't know if it's the same thing going on, but I cannot stand the two quarterback scenario. Um, I It drove me crazy that they pulled Card out. He was getting hot. And if I was Card, I'd be livid. Um, maybe, like, maybe I think Thompson threatened to not play if he didn't get, you know, he probably threatened to not play the rest of the season if he didn't get some playing time or something. But I really believe that you should stick with one quarterback and one quarterback only for the whole season. I think it confuses the team to switch back and forth. Um, I just kind of like having one guy back there to lead the team. Um, Other than that, I think it was a great performance and hook him. Awesome. Thank you, Parker, for the call. Appreciate it. You're the first one this season. We're glad to have the hot take line back. It's great to hear from the community making calls and, and giving their feedback and their thoughts about what happened in the game. But Tuxie, he brings up a pretty good point. I think it sort of goes with that old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. But like, what what did you think? Did, did Sark handle it well? Were there issues with the quarterback play? What are your thoughts about how Sark juggled that? Well, um, I can first off start off by saying uh, I was kind of worried. I was right there next to you, and I was kind of like, uh, "Why? Why is Casey Thompson coming out there on the field? What, what's going on right now? Uh, I'm a little confused." And you see, this is my Tom Herman PTSD coming through because a 16 point lead felt like, "Oh my God!" You know, they're, they're going to be in the game. What, what are we doing? However, upon rewind. It didn't feel like there was ever a moment where, okay, Texas isn't in control of this game. So, you know what? Why not? Let's just let Casey go out there, see what he can do. And he, he was fine. He did pretty much the same stuff that uh, Hudson would a- was asked to do, except I think Card was so much better on third downs and first and 20 and all that stuff. So, it, it just um, it, it kind of blew my mind. But in hindsight... It perfectly made sense, and that's exactly the kind of unconventional move I want to see from my head coach, who's also a quarterback coach. Yeah, I think in general, we, we both sort of trusted Sark on that one, but we, we did talk about it last week that Sark had mentioned there was that expectation that both guys would play. I think everyone just wasn't sure what that situation was going to look like. Maybe some of us were thinking it was going to be a bigger lead before Casey came in, but no, I mean, that, that game was not out of hand when Casey came in and he did play extremely well like he said did a lot of the same things that card did displayed mobility in the pocket threw for air threw the one touchdown to Jordan Whittington to cards two but card did play about a quarter more than Casey Thompson did but I think they both both played very well I we do have a legitimate situation where it's not that we have two bad options it's that we have two very good options 
And I, and I think alongside that, I, I think just in general, I think everyone was impressed with how Hudson Card played, as, as Parker mentioned, sort of whether or not we're juggling Casey Thompson's feelings, possibly needing to transfer uh, if he doesn't get to play. I think to a certain degree, that's probably in there somewhere. That's probably part of why we're, we're playing this game of musical chairs a little bit, is to keep Casey in Austin, because ultimately, if he leaves uh, before the end of the season, then our QB depth is razor thin. Uh, basically, it's Hudson Card, and then we're down to Charles Wright, who, uh, as much as I like him as a project, he is a project. It's very early for him to have to be thrust into game action. So it's important to keep Casey engaged, and at least early returns do not seem to show that that was a negative thing. Card played very well. Casey played very well. Neither one seemed like they were in a situation where the moment was too big for them. They both were very in control of the offense. Oh, I completely agree with you, but I still think at the end of the day, it Card also did nothing to lose the battle. Like he clearly showed why he won the quarterback battle in the fall camp. Yeah, he was mobile. He kept plays alive through absolute darts. That that pass to Cade Brewer for the touchdown. He fucking slung that thing in there. Pretty tight window and everything. Got got it there. Did well on third down. Obviously, Jordan Whittington was making it real easy on those two to find an open guy. But yeah, I mean, certainly nothing Hudson did is going to change who starts on Saturday against Arkansas. It's it's going to be Hudson Card. We'll probably see some more Casey Thompson, I would imagine. But yeah, Hudson Card is going to be your starter for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I just think he needs to, if he could convert a couple more deep balls, like that shot he had to Xavier Worthy was perfect. If he can do that a little bit more and maybe stop staring down Jordan Whittington, he would be a top-tier elite Big 12 quarterback. Like, he's he's not that far away. And that's the crazy thing. He's just a freshman. Yeah, I mean, he was he had two or three shots that he took to Joshua Moore that he just barely missed, ones that would have been touchdowns. He was close. Maybe he was just a little amped for that first moment. We'll see if he settles in quickly against Arkansas and can hit some of those deep shots, but... Yeah, Hudson Hudson Card acquitted himself very well, especially as a freshman, and definitely uh, have never gotten bit by a redshirt freshman playing extremely well in their first start. So why why you got to do that? Come on, man! I thought we Look, I man, thought we got to be we got to be a little negative here. There's got to be some side effect. There are too many Texas fans who immediately were like, "Holy shit, we're good to go." Sark's the guy. Everything is positive. We got to pump the brakes on that. I know it's all gas, no brakes, but ultimately. If I'm going to overreact, it's got to be like panicking that it's a paper tiger because we've been bitten by that before. Yeah, but I thought there were good vibes going around here. Have you not opened your beer yet? Is that the problem? It's true. I have not. I have not opened the beer. Uh, here we go. Hold on. So another another sour, by the way. Uh, no shock there. Again, Weldworks up in Greeley, Colorado. This one is a Berlin-style sour ale, uh, strawberry kiwi pie. So, actually pretty good. So, yeah, you're right. I do. I am feeling a little bit better already, Tux. See, that's all you needed. This this is why we're podcast hosts. I'm, I'm there to tell you, bro, bro, you need a beer break right now. Yeah, you, you need some alcohol. You need to calm down. But thank you again to Parker from Austin for calling in, letting us know your thoughts about the two-quarterback situation. Uh, obviously, a lot of things to be excited about and, and enough things to sort of second-guess the coach on, um, and there's no harm in that, and it's a lot more fun to second-guess the coach 
in a 20-point win than it is in a Tom Herman type of three-point loss in a game like this. So Yeah, and that's that's another area where my Herman PTSD was coming in. Like I was just thinking, oh my God, this, this is too much in control. When are they going to let off the gas? What's, what's going to go wrong? And you know what? Nothing did. That 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 is what's exciting to me. It was just a balanced, thorough beatdown of an extremely good opponent. I, I think that was, and I think we talked about it even in person after the game, was that the, the nice thing was not just that we beat an opponent and beat a good opponent. It was that despite the fact that we didn't play perfectly, there were issues with the O-line, Uh, Still some questions about the pass rush. Still some questions in the secondary because they didn't really get challenged all that much. Hudson Card did miss some throws early on. Despite all of those little hiccups, after after we got the ball the second time to take the 7-3 lead, at no point in the entire rest of the game did it feel like it was out of control. It felt very much like Texas was sort of... The the game was flowing the way Texas wanted it to. Louisiana was not imposing their will at any point during the game even for that drive to get the uh, early field goal and grab the lead. Like, it it never felt like it was out of hand for Texas. Texas always felt very in control, very calm, no panic. And I think that was, yeah, like you said, the Herman PTSD made everyone not really sure how to handle it. It was weird walking out of the stadium and just being like, yeah, we, we just won the game. It wasn't a dramatic win. We weren't. The only reason anyone was sweating that game was because of the fucking heat. But it, we just won. We just did what we were supposed to do, and that was it. There was nothing more to worry about in that entire game. Well, I did get quite a bit worried when it looked like uh, Bijan hurt his leg, and I'm pretty sure the entire stadium oh, gasped. Yes. Um, it didn't matter where you were. It's like everyone's uh, was now honed in on one section of the field, but... He's, he looks fine. He walked off. He came back into the game, so I assume he was fine. I, other than that, it, it just felt like a pretty nice, worry-free afternoon, which I'm not used to on Saturdays in the fall. Yeah. Yeah, when I can watch Texas football and my only real concern by the end of the game is whether or not I need to go to the hospital from the amount of dehydration that I feel, that's pretty good because— the past few years, going and getting dehydrated in the sun, tailgating all day, and then going to the game and just feeling absolutely wrecked afterwards, that's low on the list of things that I'm upset about during that, that uh, from that day, thanks to Tom Herman. This one, just, it was what it was supposed to be, and that was unbelievably relieving to have a just drama-free, generally, win over a good opponent at home. We just took care of business. We did what we were supposed to do, and that was amazing. Yeah, and my most... The thing I was most impressed at, honestly, was that Texas repeatedly got into long down and distances, and they just converted them without any sort of issues. We're not used to seeing that sort of offensive efficiency under Tom Herman. And it blew my mind. I mean, not that it's a habit you want to get into of, oh, no, of course not. consistently converting third and longs. You'd rather they be third and shorts. But it was nice to see, especially with a redshirt freshman in Hudson Card being the one taking all those snaps, being your starter, facing a lot of those third and longs. You didn't see Card panic in those situations. 
He, he moved around in the pocket to make things happen, and he calmly found the open guy, which was almost always Jordan Whittington. He, he made the right decision with the ball. I don't think there was a single pass he threw where anyone held their breath and went, oh, shit, that's a pick. It was as good a debut as you really could have hoped for for Hudson Card, short of him playing more. But that's, that's really about it. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was just a well, well-handled game. The, the the advanced analytics like us, which is something Tom Herman's Texas teams could never say. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's because there there were a lot of these long plays, long explosive plays that we just were always lacking. And it, it was incredible to see. And you know what? Even with all that, it just felt like a very balanced day for Texas on offense. And it kind of just started with Hudson Card being poised, you know, never looking rattled, you know, the rest of the offense just kind of uh, performed the same way, and it, it it was incredible to see. Yeah, I, and I thought one of the one of the most interesting things I don't remember who it was. I was just trying to scroll back through our feed here of the advanced analytics. Basically, estimated points added per pass is what it more or less amounted to. Following that graph, they graphed out all of the quarterbacks. Here it was from CFB numbers, Power Five QB play through the first week. Hudson Card was only really behind Bo Nix, which is a whole different conversation. But as far as his QB rating against his expected points added, Hudson Card was the second best quarterback in the entire nation behind only Bo Nix. And these these metrics, QB rating and EPA, do not account for opponents. So uh, Auburn had a significantly easier opponent, and we've seen Bo Nix be trash. So small sample size, yes, uh, but still extremely impressive debut uh, for Hudson Card. It's incredible that we've gone this long and not really even mentioned the sort of day that Bijan had. I mean, he's the national player of the week, but I mean, that is kind of the spot where we were at, where it was just such a surprise to be be viewing such offensive competency that there are multiple players that we could probably talk about all day. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Bijan was National Player of the Week, and to a certain degree, when I left the stadium, the only players, despite the fact that Bijan was clearly the most valuable player for Texas on offense, the only the, like two players that I was thinking the most about were Hudson Card and Jordan Whittington. And obviously, they had big impacts on the game, not to the same level uh, that Bijan did, but I mean, for different reasons, but it, it almost felt like, to a certain degree, especially after the way Bijan ended the season, that... He really didn't, like, it almost didn't feel in person like he had this explosive, massive game. He amounts to 176 yards and two touchdowns, and that feels almost like a pedestrian ho-hum kind of game for Bijan Robinson. Like, oh, he didn't break 200, so, you know, it was sort of just a game for him. But, I mean, getting to see a, a healthy Jordy, Jordan Whittington back, uh, playing insanely well, uh, breaking tackles, uh, literally hurt one of Louisiana's lo- Louisiana's linebackers with that juke move that he put on him um, for the near touchdown that Hudson Card threw to him. Jordan Winnington is another one we could talk about all day, just how good he looked, finally healthy. And at this point, it's just knocking on wood, making sure he, he stays healthy because he is, he is going to be a problem for the Big 12 if he's healthy all year. Yeah, and... I think that's really the only concerns you could take away from Saturday is that depth is lacking at certain places like wide receiver and that the offensive line really didn't uh, look like it's meshed yet. And 
caveats are that, you know, Louisiana is a good opponent. And it is only just week one with a new offensive line coach. And, you know, we've had so many over the years, but um, I'm inclined to trust Flood is what I'm trying to say. However, that we're really kind of picking nits here. Yeah, and one of my favorite podcasts that I like to listen to that's college football related is uh, The Solid Verbal. And Dan Rubenstein, the past couple weeks, has sort of talked about how the biggest improvement that you'll see in a team is between week one and week two. That first game to the second game, you're going to see the biggest week-to-week leaps of any of the weeks. And I'm I'm hopeful that's where that comes in for the offensive line. All right, you, you saw some live snaps. You got the chance to mesh a little bit or learn a little bit more about the guy next to you. You know what to expect a little bit more. But I think that's every Texas fan probably walked away from the game going, that's our biggest weakness And that's going to be the thing that everyone has their eye on this Saturday is how does the offensive line look compared to last week? And I'm not quite sure what they're going to do about the left side of the line in particular. It doesn't look like Denzel Okafor really has gotten better in pass protection in the time that he's been at Texas. Uh, Christian Jones at left tackle seemed kind of, he just seemed okay. Like, and that's putting it, you know, generously. Um, I really thought, you know, last year at the end of the year, uh, Carriage was probably the best tackle that we that we were playing, especially after Sam Cosme uh, opted out. So it, it really just blew my mind that um, Carriage did not earn the starting job this year. But it looks like he's one of the next guys up, and I, I'd be interested to see if eventually, if Christian Jones doesn't get better, if they tinker around and put a new starter there yeah that's definitely the other thing to watch is what adjustments kyle flood makes to that lineup going into week two if any so especially with junior angelau getting hurt i don't remember if anyone gave a status update as to whether or not we'd expect him this week i don't recall anyone saying that anything particularly dramatic had happened that he was severely injured so i think the expectation is angelau is back but in the event that he's not what that'll do hayden connor got to play a little bit and i think he played pretty well once Angelao went down. So yeah, I, I think I think Flood likes the flexibility that he's got and the depth that he's got right now. It's just a matter of finding that right first level starting offensive line right now. And we could see a huge jump, uh, like I said, going into this next game. But I think one other thing that I saw some people talking about as far as concern was pass rush. Uh, I think people wanted to see more immediate payoff for the pass rush. Uh, But ultimately, pass rush managed to accumulate four sacks against Louisiana, which isn't like a holy shit, like blew their doors off, destroyed the offensive line, uh, and killed Levi Levi Lewis or anything like that. But I did go back and look. uh, In the 2020 season, Texas only had more than four sacks in a game once and that was the Oklahoma State game where Joseph Osai was just a man on a mission we got sacks four total sacks for the defense all from different people along the line um, and from a a group effort one for Luke Brockermeyer and DeMarvion Overshone but if that's the new standard for oh this was a ho-hum sort of game for the pass rush four sacks is still a pretty good day at the office as far as I'm concerned. I'm not sure what the uh, pressure data was, but there were so many plays where they were just in Levi Lewis's face and maybe he wasn't able to even look deep or maybe all he could get off was the uh, check down. And that's that's fine. That's what they were trying to do, it seemed like. They they kept the ball in front of them. They played Defense played extremely conservatively, but 
if you can keep getting home with your pass rush when you're just sending four guys, you know, what's the, the again, you're picking nits. So I, I guess I would say I'm, I'm personally not worried about the pass rush. And if anything, I'm actually pleasantly surprised by how well they did play, especially with a guy like Levi Lewis, who does have the ability to move around in the pocket and keep plays alive and avoid sacks to come up with four of them against a relatively mobile quarterback. I think bodes well for the future, um, especially when we get to playing teams like Oklahoma State, if Taylor Illingworth or whatever is the one playing, your Skylar Thompsons of the world. If we can handle Levi Lewis, most of those guys who are more pocket passers, I think our our defense will do a really good job there. So I'll, I'll be interested to see, especially this week uh, with Arkansas, because I don't remember the quarterback's name, but he's very mobile um, and, and will run the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how the defense contains that and what kind of pass rush we're able to get, knowing that he can break something open if you get too aggressive in your blitz lane. Yeah, that quarterback will be K.J. Jefferson, and he's just a massive dude. He's like 230, 240 pounds, something like that. So I think he's going to be a very interesting challenge for the linebackers because they're probably not going to see a quarterback like him for the rest of uh, the season. All right, so all in all, good stuff out of the Louisiana game. A great start. For the Steve Sarkeesian era, I don't think anyone would argue otherwise. One more time, thank you to Parker uh, for calling in. If you want to be on the hot take line, 512-677-4578. Leave us a voicemail pre-game, during the game, post-game, whatever. Let us know your thoughts about what's going on, uh, whether you're happy, you're upset. If there's a particular player you want to shout out or highlight uh, that you think isn't getting enough appreciation or props for what he did. Uh, Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, let us know, and your voice can be on the podcast as well. Uh, So with that, let's sort of jump into our, well, I guess we had hot takes and score predictions that we can review real quick about that Louisiana game. Tux, your score prediction, 30 to 24, Texas, and your hot take was two rushers over 100 yards. We got halfway there on your hot take. Yeah, I I didn't expect the offensive line to be that bad, but then also... Uh, it looked like they were trying to give Casey Thompson a few more passes in the game. So it, it's fine. I, I didn't get it, but um, I, I didn't think this would be their strategy. Now, I, I also didn't expect Texas to just kind of beat down Louisiana and then control the game the whole way. But I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being wrong on the score prediction. And what about you? You you were kind of in a similar boat as me. Yeah, uh, I had 31-21 Texas. Um, so for both of us, the offense outperformed our expectations. The defense outperformed our expectations. So if that's how we're going to be wrong, I will take being wrong about our score predictions every single episode that we do. Uh, my hot take uh, was that Hudson Card would throw for 325 and a score. Hudson Card played extremely well, which was, I think, Sort of the the heart of the hot take was that Louisiana's pass defense was supposed to be uh, the strongest part of their defense and that Hudson Card would still play very well. Uh, he definitely played well. Uh, didn't get to 325 yards. Uh, did throw two touchdowns. Texas as a team only had 265 yards passing, but to a certain degree, uh, there was a lot of running the ball, especially late in the game. And obviously, Hudson Card did not play the fourth quarter. So... Harder to hit that 325, especially when we're in control the whole way and there's no reason to really be pushing the ball down the field. So I missed, but the, the heart of it was there, was that the uh, the pass game would be effective for Texas. Yeah, so how do you feel about the hot takes for next week now? 
let, let let's let's talk a little bit. Let's give what we know about Arkansas before we give our hot takes. So Arkansas, they're two top linebackers, I think. Bumper pool and linebacker two. They're both out for the first half thanks to targeting penalties, which were apparently an epidemic this weekend in college football. Yeah, they're all just all over the place. And it didn't look like all of them were deserved, you know? Like, um, it's kind of messed up that targeting gets called even for defenders when the offensive player drops their shoulder or their helmet. So it's just, I don't know how you officiate that, but it seems like something they need to work on. Well, I'm sure between us and OU leaving for the SEC, I'm sure Big 12 refs will find a way to call us plenty for it. But Arkansas, they played Rice this weekend. I believe the final score was 31-17. And the game honestly was a lot closer than that scoreline indicates. Arkansas struggled those first three quarters against Rice. So what do you think? Should we take a lot away from that? Is it first week jitters? Is it Arkansas looking ahead to that Texas game? I think it's a little bit of all three. And you can look across college football. A lot of teams struggle week one, including Oklahoma, who struggle with Tulane. Um, so it, I, I don't know what to make of that. However, there's still a lot of good, talented players on Arkansas's team. You know, you can look at Traylon Burks, who's probably going to be a first-round wide receiver. Or, you know, uh, Jalen Catalan, who was considering Texas, but picked Arkansas ultimately. And he's probably going to be an All-American safety. And he's the one who pretty much led right uh, led Arkansas um, to be rice so he's a phenomenal safety and that's something that we're gonna have to look forward to however they're out two of their starting linebackers including the uh a linebacker named bumper pool which you know you know whatever man it's it's your parents choice but I think there's there's reasons for optimism however it is a road environment. We don't know how Card will perform until he gets there. So it'll be a wait-and-see approach for me. Yeah. Like like you said, first first road test for Hudson Card. Casey Thompson as well. Like, played well in that Alamo Bowl, but that was anything but a hostile environment. Certainly not a true road game. So it'll be interesting to see how those quarterbacks handle that. Because in general... Uh, the thinking goes that your your defense travels, your offense doesn't necessarily. So another good one to see where Hudson Card really is mentally as a redshirt freshman. Uh, and if he plays well in this, uh, I think we can more or less sort of set that expectation that Hudson Card is not going to be a problem for Texas. We are not going to have to question his mental toughness the rest of this season. If he's able to handle the crowd in Vietnam being extremely pissed off at Texas for any number of imagined reasons and just general like good old-fashioned hate rivalries from the uh, Southwest Conference. Uh, If he can handle that environment, uh, I have no concerns about him going into Big 12 uh, stadiums and handling those just as well. Do you have a little score prediction for us? I'm going to say that the defense does play well. Uh, The offense, I'll predict the exact same score for our offense. I'm going to say Texas scores 31 points. Uh, and the defense holds down K.J. Jefferson and all of the other no-name players for Arkansas's offense. If Rice was able to smother them for three quarters of the game, I think the Texas defense can do a better job than that for the full game. So I'm going to go 31-13 Texas. So you're not allowing any sort of garbage time TDs or anything, really, except maybe one. Arguably, that one of those TDs, or the TD... Uh, in that situation could be the garbage time TD. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I was thinking more like 34, 24, like Texas gets ahead 
and then kind of just dominates but really doesn't need to score so they just kind of uh, let Arkansas you know handle the ball for a little bit like we did with Louisiana 18 points for me I guess sort of qualifies as a blowout on paper because that is multiple possessions three possessions right there but it's not going to seem like a blowout I, I don't really start feeling like it's a true blowout until you start approaching those 45 point areas for an offense and then the the defense playing well so it's it's going to be one I think that's just, just generally going to be out of reach for Arkansas but it on paper won't read like it was this massive dominating performance by Texas but I, I expect I'm hoping it's another stress-free game for week two and what about your hot take is is your hot take that Texas wins 31-13 no no um Man, what is my hot take here? Uh, Usually we write these down, so uh, we're sort of going a little more off the cuff on these ones. But let's go with despite the fact that Arkansas has a running quarterback like K.J. Jefferson or whatever, I think led Arkansas in rushing yards last week to sort of put in perspective the level of mobility we're talking about. Uh, I'm going to say that the Texas defense sacks him at least five times. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball. I think um, you're going to see Xavier Worthy catch a touchdown pass this week. Is that really that hot, though? Well, yeah, he's he's a freshman. He's never caught a pass. He doesn't look like the like a caught a pass. He hasn't caught a touchdown pass. I'm sorry. He doesn't look like the kind of guy that they'd use in the red zone. But we'll see. Okay, okay. You know what? How about this? Let's take it up a notch. Xavier Worthy and Josh Moore catch touchdown passes. So is that going to leave any to go around for our man Jordan Whittington? I mean, look, he, Jordan got his last week, and, you know, he got to feed the Bijan monster. So maybe this week he'll let Xavier and Josh kind of get in on the action. There you go. I like it. And one other thing I want to throw in here, uh, now that we've made these predictions and this episode went by relatively quickly, uh, I just want to throw in something that uh, no one I've been working on Uh, Make sure everyone is aware. If you've been following us on Twitter, you might have seen some stuff about it. But sort of separate from the Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast, Noah and I have been working on an NIL project to help out the athletes at the University of Texas get some money in their pocket. What we've launched, we launched on Friday right before the Louisiana game. But we have an NFT system that we are building. Uh, We're currently working on getting all the back end stuff worked out. But our goal is to be able to basically create and sell NFTs for players that we sign uh, and more or less turn all of those profits into money directly back to the players through royalties, through resale royalties, whole bunch of ways to get money into those guys' pockets. So you guys should check that out. Go to niftyhorns.com or check us out on Twitter at niftyhorns. Get more information about it. We posted it on Reddit. I believe Noah posted something on Surly Horns. Uh, if you're looking for more information, you got questions about that stuff. Uh, it's going to be really cool. So I would encourage you guys to check some of that stuff out. But thank you for listening to another great episode of the Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast. We're looking forward to another fun game this weekend against the Hogs. If you're traveling to the game, have fun. Try and stay safe from those disgusting Arkansas people. And I believe Noah is traveling out there. So keep an eye out for him. If you did not get to catch up with us at the Our Longhorn Nation tailgate this weekend against Louisiana, uh, maybe you can catch up with Noah out there. I guess we, Tux, we really didn't get to talk about how much fun we just had at a live college football game for the first time in nearly two years. Yeah. Um, 
It, it, it was really a special moment. We got to see a lot of fans, except in the south end zone for whatever reason, and it, it was nice to see it all in action. Yeah, it, it was good to get back out there, good to tailgate, uh, good to see all the people from the subreddit, especially because spent almost the entire time hanging out over there. I returned from Austin with injuries that you wouldn't typically expect to receive at a tailgate. My my left hand currently hurts because I fist got just drunk enough to decide it would be a great idea to fist bump basically every single person I saw wearing burnt orange. My elbow hurts. I don't know if I need Tommy John surgery or what, but Noah and I tried to play long distance cornhole. Basically, the board's like 30 yards apart and we're just chucking the the bags as far as we could, seeing if we could get something in the hole. My ass is sore from going on a bike ride with you uh, Friday night. Not the damage I was expecting to receive, but it feels good to to have gotten back to all that for sure. And how nice was it to just be in Austin again after being in Colorado for so long? It was it was it was good, other than the heat. That that part I will never not bitch about humidity. So I was definitely overheating. I was very used to all of my my dry heat in Colorado. I got back here to a day that was like ninety three degrees, and it was glorious it felt great it, it did not feel hot at all after being able, after getting back to the uh the low humidity uh in denver so that that was nice but otherwise it was it was great to be able to go back get bar- good barbecue like shout out to uh 500 500 pound thud who basically provided all of the food for our tailgate uh he did an amazing job with the uh the brisket the chicken the smoked sausage he brought think that was basically the only reason that i was not completely unconscious before entering the game was i was just gorging myself on that food did did the austin things had to get tiff's treats um i know that that is from i've seen some people have that fall out of favor what was it that we had that like chocolate chip cookie like truffles or something yeah chocolate chip cookie dough truffles i mean they were so good it was it was a perfect like post victory meal for us i think had really good tacos. What 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 was the brewery that we went to and got those tacos at? Um, Lazarus, I believe, in East Austin. Yep, out in East Austin there. So uh, shout out to them. I I was by that point I was done drinking. You're the only one who had a beer there. You and you got more beer and, that you took home with you. So I imagine that that was pretty good. Uh, but the tacos hit the spot for sure, um, especially because I mean for you basically had to talk me into going out because I was so burnt out. I did not want to do anything else, uh, but I did not did not regret it once I got to eat a little bit um, and just hang out. It, w- it was a good time. Anyway, back to this outro we were sort of doing here when we got back to talking about how, how it was being back down uh, in Austin and at the game. Uh, otherwise, uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at, at the FSS podcast. Uh, as we mentioned before, hit us up on the hot take line. So you can hear yourself on the show like Parker got to hear today. Call 512-677-4578. Let us know your thoughts or your hot takes or whatever. Leave us a voicemail. No one will pick up the phone, I swear. Uh, Parker can attest to it. He didn't have to talk to anybody. He just had to listen to me, do some pre-recorded message, and then he left his voicemail. It was great. But we will see you all next week with a review of the Arkansas game. Until that time, hook them. Hook them.